Good morning, friends. And thanks for joining me here again for another episode of Coding with Christine Hall, coming to you from sunny South Florida. So yesterday was our one day of winter. Um, woke up, was 66 degrees all day long. I don't even know what that was about. Don't worry. Today we are sunny and 75. Ooh, that's funny because I just saw Joe Nichols over the weekend. Yeah, I went to a Joe Nichols concert. Um, so today I have the pleasure of having my friend Vanessa Maldivon with me. She is um, a CPC, CPB, CPMA, CPPM, and a CPCI. Um, she is absolutely incredible. She's the podcast host for the Love of Revenue Cycle. If you've ever listened to it, it's it's a no miss, right? Don't miss that one. Um, add it to your list today, now, right? She also hosts the popular Facebook page for the Love of Revenue Cycle, where she answers all of our burning questions about revenue cycle, billing, denials. Thank you so much for being here today, Vanessa. Thank you. Thank you. Vanessa's coming to us live from a high school gym somewhere in the world. So I understand she has a little bit of an internet issue there, but um, we're going to keep on keeping on. Got a lot of good stuff to talk about today. Um, National Chicken and Waffle Day, Terry, in case you missed it. So we all know what I'm unfortunately having for dinner tonight, chicken and waffles. No, no disrespect to chicken and waffles, just not my favorite thing. Um, anyway, so I want to go ahead and get started with you, Vanessa. So interested to know, how did you choose your journey, your specialty there, Revenue Cycle? Yeah, so I apologize. I'm going to turn my camera off so that we don't get interruption with the audio. That's quite <clears> all right. Um, but yeah, so... I started in, I mean, actual revenue cycle, I started in 1997. Uh, I was working the front desk at an a emergency room, worked in registration, and that was really my first entry into the world of revenue cycle. But, um, and then I stayed in it. I tried all different kinds of things, back end, front end. Um, I even took a detour into orthodontics and dental for a while. And really just trying to discover what I wanted to do with my life. I was taking a little bit of college classes on the side. And um, I, I was interested in healthcare, but knew I didn't want to treat patients. Um, but I wanted to help people. Um, so I just kept, you know, moving forward and trying different things. And then about um, 15 years ago, I was introduced to Physician Revenue Cycle. And that's really what started my career. Um, and what really just, you know, I just loved how it worked. It was very logical in my brain and, you know, and it fit, it fit my personality really well. I loved problem solving. I loved helping people. I loved, you know, improving things and I seemed to be really good at it. So I just went with it and decided, you know, at that time that was going to be my career. Well, from a previous owner of a billing company, I get that. I get that. I remember working in uh, the hospital setting in the business office, um, working with, I was posting payments and um, learning how those denials were coming up. And I kept seeing patterns going on. And I kept saying, hey, if we fix this root problem, 
then we won't continue to have this problem. And, and like you said, I just, I loved the way that, um, everything was kind of organized. If this, then that, right. Yeah. So a lot of people have had that kind of journey where they've kind of bounced into different things until they found their niche. And I think that that's one of those key things that we need to keep reminding people is, you know, go dip your toe in the water, see what it looks like. Um, that's how last week we had Angela Wubin on the show and she got into dental. So it's funny that you had your, you dipped your toe into that kind of realm there as well. Um, to see what it was that you enjoyed doing. Excellent. So I have to ask, when it comes to revenue cycle, denial management, what's your fave? Um, is my, my, uh, my heart, my passion for improvement. And um, denial management is more process improvement. And that's really where you start, especially if you kind of want, you know, you alone, right? And meeting with everybody, looking at their process, all of that. But if you kind of want to do like more tap into maybe that, you look at the nights and, you know, they take bad, the ugly of an organization. But as um, we're getting a little well, bit of choppiness on your side, um, so I think you were telling us that denial management is one of your faves and that the process, the revenue cycle process. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. And how denials. Still getting a little chop from your side. I find it fascinating because when we start to start digging into that um, denial management part of it, to be quite honest with you, I think that if we can stop the I think the root of the problem is where we need to start. And, and in order to do that, there needs to be some analysis. So what I usually find is that I'll run um, some of those key um, production reports there, those, those key, um, the KPI reports where I would focus mostly on what are our denials that we're seeing and then kind of categorize them and see if we're taught, there you are, Vanessa. Uh, sometimes we've got to get away from technology to start over with. Thanks for, thanks for, <laughs> for that. Um, so I was talking to them about the denial management process and just how we, we run those reports to identify those areas, whether it be a demographic error or a coding error, maybe it's a backend error, or perhaps it's a, you know, a contract error that we're looking at. And to kind of nip that problem in the bud and move on so that we don't see that anymore. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. So what I was what I was saying before my internet crapped out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What I, Thanks. What I love. I'm just gonna hang out outside in beautiful Park City. Um, you actually look really great in that lighting, by the way. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. But what I love about um, denial management is it leads back to process improvement, and process improvement is really where I live. It's what I love. I mean, it's really what we do, right? I mean, why we're in the and why we're making all these corrections, making sure our coding is correct, our billing is correct. It's all for 
process improvements so that the revenue flows how it's supposed to flow. So denial management is really the root of that. Um, you can see, you know, the good, bad, ugly of an organization is all in their denials. And, and that is primarily why, why I love it. One of the things I share with my friends is um, I was doing a, a gap analysis of a practices revenue cycle management a couple of years ago. And I, we had noticed that demographic denials were some of the top rejections mm -hmm. and demographic denials. And mm -hmm. so I thought, well, let me go sit with the front end person who does all the data entry of the patient information. Let's sit down. And we started talking and we made a friendship together. And she says, I'm going to tell you something, Christine. Sure. We're friends now. She says, I'm dyslexic. Oh, honey. <laughs> this is not the position for you, how challenging it was. And she shared with that how challenging it was because mm -hmm. she knew that the problems were coming from her, but she didn't want to say anything. So we moved her to the referrals department, put someone nice. in her and amazing. No yeah. denials for demographics or those rejections. So sometimes it is that process, mm -hmm. even going down to that one-on-one -on -one, human mm -hmm. level to find out how we can improve that process. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it is, I mean, that brings up a really good topic, you know, since we're talking about careers and, and such is, you know, making sure you have the right person in the right position, including yourself. You know, sometimes it takes some self-discovery and being honest and vulnerable and be like, you know, these are my limitations, but these are my strengths and to figure out where is the best place for you. And um, when I think that when you wake up in the morning and you think, you know, I probably would go to my job without getting paid, you've probably found where you where you're supposed to be, you know? <laughs> Definitely. I know that feeling. Yeah, me too. So what are some of the challenges that you find? I mean, I, I think this, the, the fun things are also sometimes the challenging things mm -hmm. in revenue cycle and denial management, what are some of your challenges? Uh, I mean, over the years that I've been doing this, I, you know, I would say, first of all, it's been finding resources to help me learn the industry and learn this particular part, you know, revenue cycle management. Like you can find, you know, resources on billing, you can find resources on coding, you can, you know, but really, looking at the entire, you know, cycle, just really finding those uh, educational resources to help you be, you know, good at what you do. And then I think um, also operationally, I think my biggest challenges have just, you know, unfortunately been those who are the decision makers. And, you know, I've just had way too many situations where, you know, I feel, you know, that there is a change that needs to be made and some improvement, maybe a software that needs to be purchased, maybe people that need to be hired, you know, whatever, and going to those decision makers and, you know, putting forward my case and not being um, taken credibly is mm -hmm. very difficult. And it's, it's very difficult. And I would imagine it would be that way in any, you know, in it any is. organization, you know, where you just feel like you're not being taken seriously. And yet, you know, in your heart, if that decision were made, it would really improve things, which is what everybody wants. I, I had a situation a few years ago that I went into a practice to do an analysis and 
um, the, the biller said that they don't have access to the encoder. Only the coder had access to the encoder. And I said, that's ridiculous. That's one of the biggest tools that you have. Encoders give you, you know, LCDs, NCDs. Some encoders give you links to other payer policies. And, you know, what an amazing tool that everybody needs. So you're right. And, and it, it came from administration. They didn't want to pay for another user to use mm -hmm. the encoder. Um, yeah. And when I made that recommendation and said, hey, something so simple, like giving your staff tools to work with, um, mm -hmm. it made all the difference when it came to working those denials. Um, you know, billing felt like they had a bigger voice. They could go to administration or to the providers themselves and share that important um, indicators, medical necessity that was causing some denials there, how easy we could fix it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I recently had a conversation with somebody where their AR follow-up team didn't have access to do uh, one-time eligibility checks. And I was just like, you, you cannot work AR if you cannot check eligibility because guess what? 37% of your denials are related to eligibility. I mean, so if you don't want 37% of them reversed, I, I guess that's okay. You know, so it's, uh, you know, definitely that has been a challenge through, throughout my career. I, I recently stuck my foot in my mouth too. I don't <laughs> even know why I'm going to share this, but I did. Um, so I was working with a client and I said, you know, the, the payer policies say that they don't cover consultations, this particular payer. So you'd have to report an E&M code. And they said, well, we, we don't, we don't do that. We don't code. We're, we just code it and we send it out with the correct code. Um, so the, if they said it was a consultation in their report, then we coded it as a consultation and I, it just flew out of my mouth and I said, oh, okay, wait a minute. So you're not worried about getting paid. Mm -hmm. You're just coding it correctly. Exactly. <laughs> well, the CFO was on the call. So that went over like you know, not well. And, but they didn't have anybody that was versed in the, the art of billing in yeah. their organization. And so, um, that was a big one there. And that so, and is that an important, it's, it's an important topic we talk about a lot, Christine, right? Is the coding guidelines versus the billing guidelines. Absolutely. And it is a necessary conversation that it has to be had in all revenue cycles and being respectful to those who, who are, who, um, who love their coding guidelines and those who love their mm -hmm. billing guidelines. Like, but in the end, we're all here for the same result. We all are here to collect money and educating each other and having that open conversation of the coding and the billing. Absolutely. Absolutely. They need to be working hand in hand. And mm -hmm. oftentimes, you know, at least a monthly meeting with that team coding, billing, AR follow-up, um, revenue cycle, denial management, referrals. If you could have a, a team meeting on a monthly basis to, you know, with an agenda that says, we're going to identify the struggles that everybody has, but we're not going to have one of those, you know, complain sessions. Right. Um, right. We're going to actually bring a resolution to the table. So once a month, get together, bring mm -hmm. the problems, put them to light and, but also come with a solution in place. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're not just 
spinning our wheels, continuing to do the same thing, the, the definition of insanity, right? Right, and I think right. That's where a lot of organizations miss that mark is that they've mm -hmm. got to connect with each other. All of those key people in administration to, to move through some of these challenges. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, you know, both of us, we're on a mission, you know, for providing resources for those who are in this industry and so that they can be, you know, set up for success um, in a way that we weren't, you know, we really had to go after it and use all of that real life experience to I'm build you know, where we are today. And so I, I, I know you feel very passionate about it. I'm very passionate about it. It's putting, putting that information there for others. You turned me on to the biggest resource. I <laughs> like, I cried, I cried in, in joy. And I cried for the years of my life. I wanted back from the resource. So um, Vanessa turned me on to the AAPC's healthcare link. Uh, Lexi, can we scroll that? OMG. So check that link out, friends. AAPC.com. It's the resource. You go to the links there and you're looking for the payer, the payer information. Mm -hmm. um, AAPC has organized a little over 500 payers with links to their provider page, to their policy page, to their credentialing page. Um, once you see it, you're going to have the same kind of emotional experience <laughs> I had. Really, it was overwhelming because, you know, mm -hmm. in revenue cycle, in, in denial management, we live our lives hunting for the policy to find yeah, yeah. the fix or for that appeal mm -hmm. or to, you know, to, to restructure something. So yeah, resources, absolutely, Vanessa. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And in that in that healthcare links page, there's also the American societies. Uh, you know, most of them are on there. Links to their uh, very useful CMS links are on there. Just publications, important publications. Basically, I just think it's one of the most helpful tools out there for uh, billing and for AR follow up for sure. Yeah, it's amazing. Yep. And you, do you have any other ref resources that <clears throat> that you found very helpful that you want to share with our friends? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, um, I number one of of anything, and there isn't really you know a link for it, but I think the biggest resource throughout my career has been networking. It's been people. A hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent. I would not be where I am today in my career if it wasn't for networking with people and reaching out and developing relationships and saying, hey, here's a gap in my knowledge and or here is a place that I want to go. This is where I want to be, you know, five years from now. I see that, you know, you have this in your, you know, resume or your experience. And would you be willing to help me out? So any place, you know, um, for those who are, you know, AAPC chapter members or even AHIMA, you know, those local chapters connecting with uh, people through the forums. But LinkedIn is a huge, huge asset for networking. And it has come a really long way, you know, for sure, even in the last five years. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> for, yeah, for being able to connect to people. And, you know, like I would listen to a webinar and I would see oh, who created that webinar and, and connect with them on LinkedIn and reach out and, and ask questions. So I think that in, in this industry and in, uh, um, in Revenue Cycle and all the parts of mm -hmm. Revenue Cycle, 
people are our biggest resource to helping us. And um, because there aren't a lot of, it's not like there's a big, huge revenue cycle webpage, right? <laughs> there's not a big, huge well, revenue cycle. There's Google. a great one on Facebook for <laughs> oh, the love well. of revenue cycle. <laughs> Just saying, if you guys, uh, I know that, that Vanessa is always answering questions. Um, Vanessa has also reached out to me. Hey, this is something that's in your wheelhouse. Can you help? She reaches out to all of her network to help us mm -hmm. out. So yeah. if you're not savvy on LinkedIn or, you know, again, coders and billers, sometimes we're a little bit of introverts and we're not real comfortable. There's one place you can definitely go to. Uh, and I don't mean to plug it. I would plug it whether you were here or not, Vanessa. <laughs> Um, for the love of Revenue Cycle Facebook page, um, you know, it's always nice to use Facebook to see about the grandbabies and people's puppies and things, but it's also an amazing tool to network with those industry experts. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I can't agree with you more. You yeah. and I are on the billing advisory committee for AAPC, mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. we're always trying to find new ways of providing information and content on billing, on revenue cycle, denial management, you know, all of those key components there. And it's through networking that yeah. we keep going. For sure, for sure. And I, I think, you know, you were asking me earlier, you know, it kind of inspired me. And the Facebook group, what inspired me was the lack of resources, right? And mm -hmm. the lack, you know, the difficulty sometimes it can be to find other people to answer these, you know, nuanced questions, all kinds of nuances come up every single day. Oh, what yeah. we do. And so, you know, and I know a hundred percent that I don't know a hundred percent. So, you know, I think there's like 3,500 members now and full of people who are just, who are learning all different levels, who are right. learning, who are experts, who want to know more, who want to know something different. And um, so, it, and it has been amazing to see um, people take advantage of that resource, put their questions out there and, you know, people coming in and helping each other out, sharing resources, spreadsheets and PowerPoints. And I know. All kinds of stuff. it's been, it, ha it has been incredible. And, and, you know, I didn't do a lot. I just put it out there and was like, hey, it's here. Let's do it. You know, <laughs> but that's what inspired me is there needs to just be more, more um, access to those resources. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you, you hit it on the head. We've at some point in all of our careers, we've each and every one of us seen it, heard it, fixed it, tried to fix it. Um, <clears throat> I was chatting with Betty Hovey last night and we were just going over like the strangest things that you've seen so far. And let me tell you that they are bizarre beyond bizarre. The things that we see either from coding or billing or, you know, in this wild industry there. So, um, and another thing that I was going to share with you is, you, you know, you hit it on the mark about going to these meetings and connecting locally as well, because they're dealing mm -hmm. with the same payers you're dealing with. Yep. So yep. nationally, it's great to connect. And, you know, there's a good chance that we're nationally dealing with those same payer issues. But once you start networking locally, you can really start to see, is this a pattern that's happening, yeah. right? And maybe it's a particular payer that's having an issue. Um, I know from time to time, I'm in Florida, First Coast Service Options will send out a notification that an edit isn't working. And that's caused all of these denials. And they'll let us know whether or not we need to fix it or they're going to fix it. Right, right. 
a great thing to share with folks is, you know, hey, I can answer that question for you. I know why you're getting all of these denials right now, but hold tight. They're going to reprocess them for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that is awesome. Awesome. So I'm so excited. So excited that you came on today. Now, yeah. if, if I was a new um, CPB, let's say, or someone else in uh, the American Medical Billing Association has credentials as well, education as well. Um, if I was new to this industry and ready to hit the ground running, is there any particular direction that you would uh, advise those people? Yeah. <clears throat> so number one, um, as I have stated before, and it cannot be understated, is connect. So network, um, try to find, connect with people who are already in the place where you want to be and see and ask for their help in, you know, helping you get there. What was your path? You know, what were mm -hmm. some of the, the choices you made, some of the education you sought, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then I usually point people to a program that's led by Emily Hawkins, which is called Market Me. Um, it is no lie that it is because of this program that I have the current job that I have, which is my dream job and which is exactly where I'm supposed to be and is exactly what I wanted to be doing for a very long time. <clears throat> so this program, it's incredible. And, um, and what I love about it is it doesn't just, you know, she doesn't just talk about having the best resume. She really talks about how to present yourself, which is why it's called Market Me how to really present yourself in your industry and in your network in a way that is going to attract others to you. So mm -hmm. it makes it instead of being reactive, you're being proactive and you're literally, you're marketing yourself and the, you're saying, this is why you want me. <laughs> that is so and, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a, um, a great approach, I think. And, and such an important approach because that, that really is, even as a hiring manager, which I know you've done, I've done, mm -hmm. you know, those are, that's the kind of person I want who's coming to me and saying, this is why you want me. So, so I would, <clears throat> and whether you go with market me or not, I would connect with some type of company or person who can help you create a great resume mm -hmm. to present yourself well and to help you with interviewing again to present yourself well. So that's what I usually recommend. And then, you know, and then I usually if someone's starting out, you know, mm -hmm. I remind them that in this industry, it really is, it's a journey. It's not like you go, it's not like being a lawyer where you go to school, you graduate, you pass your bar, you start being a lawyer. It's not like that. Mm -hmm. And it really is totally a journey. And so really being patient with yourself, being patient with others. And it's, it's an opportunity. We get to build careers in this industry. And I think that it is a great opportunity, but it does take patience. So sometimes when you start out, it is a charge entry or a data entry or a, you know, entry level position before you get to that one that you really want. Mm -hmm. um, so I always recommend, you know, to find organizations that have positions you're looking for. So let's say you want to be a surgical, remote surgical coder, right? So find an organization that has that, but then also has the ability, if you can't go straight into surgical coding, right? They right. have the entry level positions where you can work up to surgical coding. Absolutely. And, and another area that I, I have advised um, on the billing end of it is the charge entry, of course, is, is a great step in the door, but uh, AR management, which is For usually sure. not the desired job. However, 
couple of good things to know about that position. One, mm -hmm. you are learning what the problems are. You can be, you, you'll learn every possible <laughs> denial reason that you can think of, and you will learn how to mitigate that. Mm -hmm. Second, AR is often one of those areas, MGMA did a report a few years ago, and they said that um, between 50 and 65% of AR never gets collected because right. of timely filing, because of appeals, because of whatever the case is. However, if you can jump into that position and grab that, that potentially lost income to the practice, when you sit down for your three-month or, or your, your 90-day evaluation, Think of what you're going to be able to show them. I increased accounts, your, your accounts receivables by 20, 30, 50, $70,000 since I've been here. And I've decreased the denials by X amount percent mm -hmm. because we fixed the problem. I mean, sounds like a raise to me. Yeah. I might be reaching, but really, what are you going to do with that extra 70,000? No, they're never going to give you that. Don't get crazy people. Right. But what are you going to do with that extra money that you've got coming into the practice now? Right. So I mean, that, that's a great step too, is, is that mm -hmm. other area that into that AR management, mm -hmm. AR specialist position. For sure. And, and when you're working AR, you see everything. So you really, you get a peek into every single department in the revenue cycle and every step, every function. So um, if they give you that opportunity, that's where I would start. That's where I did start, you know, yeah. you, learn a little bit about everything and then you can kind of say, you know what, I think, I think I want to do charge entry as my job. You know? <laughs> I mean, it gives, you, it gives you a window into it. Absolutely. Well, Vanessa, I can't thank you enough for taking the time this morning yeah. with us. Uh, I know it's super early where you are and you're outside and you are the rock star <laughs> guest. I'm going to tell you, you well, get the award, you. my friend. Thank you. Um, you bet. We've got a couple of things coming up. I think, Lexi, do you want to go ahead and share with them? We've got the colloquium coming up. Um, JMCI colloquium is coming up. Um, and that's going to be November 12th and 13th. Look at this lineup, friends. Look at this. It is some of the gold star subject matter experts in our industry. You are not going to want to miss this. Um, if you are a local, or if you want to join us virtual, our Palm Beach, Florida AAPC chapter is hosting their annual fall seminar on October the 29th. And we also have a wonderful lineup of guests that will be joining us. You have the opportunity to join us in person and shake hands and get to know your area experts. Um, you also have the opportunity to join us virtually Hopefully you don't miss that opportunity. Keep an eye out on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, we're going to be continuing to promote those events coming up. Um, last but certainly not least, I have to say, remind all my AAPC friends, it is election time. Please make sure that you have voted for your officers for your chapters. We need those chapters to stay open and live and be able to continue to provide you with this incredible information and networking, friends, that we do. Um, until next time, thank you so much for joining me and take care. <laughs>